0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People Podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today we are going to be answering your questions. We've actually gone through a ton of your questions and picked out the ones that we hear the most often. And we're gonna sort of rapid fire go through them. What I mean by rapid fire is in any one of these questions, we could do probably an entire podcast episode about them, and maybe we will do that one day. But We feel like what's most useful is how you can respond to these things in the moment. And if you're having a conversation with someone or something comes up at the dinner table or someone asks you something at the airport, wherever it is that you're experiencing these questions that anyone who's eating plant-based or vegan will probably get asked all the time. It's really helpful to have like a one or two sentence, a really short response. So Tony and I pulled up the questions. We haven't like pre-written out any of the responses or anything. So we're just kind of going to share how we would respond (laughs) in the moment.
1: It kind of reminds me of the episode we did with Bruce Friedrich. We did a very short rapid fire that was actually really funny. We're not funny like Bruce, so (laughs) sorry. But I promise that these answers
0: will be good enough to get you by in those maybe uncomfortable moments. Yeah. And I will say that when I first went vegan, this was something that I was so hungry for. I remember, I think Colleen Patrick Goudreau put out like a little audio CD. This was more than a decade ago that you could pick up that had 10 of the common questions and then the answers to it. And then also a few other sort of thought leaders in in the space put these online where you could read simple answers and it's so helpful to have an idea of how to respond to things you absolutely do not need to you can always just say i don't know or let me get back to you on that or you can you don't need don't feel like you need to go and memorize the answer to every question but it can be helpful to become comfortable talking about these things So I hope that this helps you guys the way that other people helped me when I was going vegan.
1: It's funny that you mentioned Colleen as someone who really helped you because I remember seeing one of her talks and it was basically, I think, a talk that explained a little bit about what you were just discussing. And it was so helpful. And one of the things that was most valuable to me was that you don't need to be the expert on everything. And when you become vegan, you feel like, oh, now I need to be a nutritionist. And now I need to be an environmentalist. And I need to be all these things. I need to be a scientist. And I need to understand all these really complex issues immediately. And, And that's not the case. So this will just get you by. You don't need to be the expert on anything. You don't owe anyone anything. But if you just want to be equipped, I can
0: totally understand that. And who knows, maybe some of these questions, we haven't thought too, too much about how we'd respond to them. So maybe even Tony and I in the show will be like, uh, you know, I don't really know the facts on that, but let me get back to you because I want to give you something that would be useful.
1: And that's a totally acceptable answer to say, you know, I will, that is something I really want to learn myself. So I will look into that and get back to you when I have that information.
0: I love it. And that also gives you an opportunity to share information in a moment that it's not, the person's not feeling judged or attacked or when they're in conversation, people tend to, to, put, their, tend to put their defenses up a little bit. So if you're like, hey, let me get your email. I'd actually love to look up a little bit more and then I'll send you some further reading or information about it. It gives them the chance to, Start researching, learning, and absorbing in their own space where no one's looking at them, no one's judging their response, no one's judging what they're doing. And that can feel a lot better for people.
1: So let's get started. I'm going to, Michelle, I'm going to ask you the first question, okay? Where do vegans get their protein?
0: Ooh, I'm so glad you asked. This is a really common misconception that you can only get protein from meat. Absolutely not. Vegans can get their protein from really the same places that lots of herbivorous animals do. Think about elephants, rhinoceroses, Tony's favorite panda bears, (laughs) all (laughs) deer, all of these animals can get big and strong gorillas eating plants and they get their protein from that plants. And I would just like to mention
1: that plant-based proteins are incredibly cheap. just want to throw that out there.
0: Yep. Yeah. Another way that you could answer that if you don't want to talk about animals, big animals, um, is just by saying that there's protein in almost all foods that are grown under the sun. Like all produce that's grown under the sun pretty much has protein. And if you want to give some examples of high protein foods, you can do that. And you can say there's tons of protein in things like tofu and soy milk, beans, lentils, legumes, all sorts of things.
1: Seeds, nuts.
0: Yes, peanut butter, nut butter. Tony, I'll ask you one. Isn't eating vegan hard?
1: No, I would say (laughs) if you're thinking about vegan and the way that Michelle was vegan when she was 12, uh, (laughs) she was eating pasta and pasta sauce and burritos and hummus wraps. I'm sure when you were
0: 20, is that the kind of food that you were eating? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it, just and so, ramen noodles without the packets.
1: <laughs> it really depends on your interest in cooking, how hard you want it to be. So you can go and just like a person who is omnivorous and goes to the joy of cooking and sees this long recipe, you can do that. But if you want to be a simple eater, you can absolutely do that as well. You can eat wraps, burritos, a bowl of cereal with soy milk oatmeal, all those things are vegan. It does not have to be complex. You don't have to overthink it. Peanut butter and jelly, fruit, all these things that you snack on in a day, those are vegan. And I just think that there's this weird misconception that I don't know where it came from, that it has to be complex. My favorite meal, for example, rice and beans and avocado in a tortilla.
0: Mm, with Some sriracha on top.
1: <laughs> well, I would use Valentina, but I do agree <laughs>
0: hot sauce on top. Yes. Michelle. Yes. Isn't being vegan a bit extreme? Extreme. Well, if you want to talk about extreme people having their chests opened up for open heart surgery, that's extreme. People dying of heart attacks and all of these preventable diseases at young ages, kids losing their parents and and fathers, that's extreme. Slaughterhouses where billions of animals are killed horribly inhumanely, that's extreme. If you're talking about eating plants that are grown in the ground, having some oatmeal, having some pasta with marinara sauce, that is so far from extreme.
1: And if you want to say you're talking to your 90-year-old grandma and you don't want to go into the first part, you can even say the last part of what Michelle said, which is choosing plant-based foods, is not extreme, and you can list some of the things that I listed in my last answer. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be the more graphic part. You can choose whichever you feel most comfortable using. Yeah,
0: definitely. And these are just one way out of a thousand ways to respond to these questions, of course. So, Tony, this is one we hear all the time, and is the foundation of your work. So, Tony, is it being vegan expensive?
1: No, and in fact, it is even cheaper. As I mentioned, plant-based proteins are incredibly inexpensive. I would say that for a pound of uncooked beans, you can spend as low as 68 cents. That's really cheap. And then you cook it and it grows and you're eating pounds of plant-based protein for 68 cents. So um, if you look at cost comparisons, it is in fact cheaper
0: but I still feel like the people who eat vegan are mostly just the privileged elite. Isn't that that accurate?
1: I can understand why you think that. And if you look around on social media, it does sometimes look like that. However, people have been thriving on a plant-based diet. Cultures for centuries, cultures around the world have been eating primarily plant-based foods for as long as they've existed. I know that in my culture, Mexican tribes have been eating a primarily plant-based diet and it's actually a movement to go to get people back to those spaces where you're eating a primarily plant-based diet. Thank you for a- asking me that, Michelle.
0: Yeah, these are actually I'm glad we're doing this because it's a nice refresher for me as well. Like
1: <laughs> I agree. I looking at some of our questions, I'm like, "Ooh, that Hmm, how would I answer that? Yeah. (laughs) It's been a little bit. It's been a little (laughs) bit since I've had to answer some of these. Okay. But what about free range and humane meat?
0: Yeah, there's a lot of marketing buzzwords that are put on meat and dairy packaging these days, like free range, cage free, humane. Humane meat, all things like that. And these are really marketing buzzwords that are used to sell products. At the end of the day, as the animals are usually landing in the same slaughterhouse. These are still in s- small cages. Sometimes there's no cages, but they're all shoved in a shed or a warehouse. Ultimately, the animal's best interest is never at heart when they're in the system that's using them for profit. If you truly want to choose humane, cruelty free, cage free food, eat plants. And
1: I will just throw this a little anecdote that I've personally gone into a variety of different farms, factory farms, free range farms, small family farms, and some of the same cruel practices like deep eating are used in all of those farms. So if you are speaking to someone or you yourself are concerned about the compassionate side of being vegan, then uh, those are things to consider as well.
0: Yeah. And if, if anyone's listening doesn't know what de-beaking is, they actually slice off the beaks of hens, right, in the egg industry because they cram them in such small spaces, whether they're in cages or in huge warehouses for cage free or whatever, because otherwise they'll pack at each other and cause damage.
1: And they're doing that because they don't have any space. Can you imagine someone cutting off your limbs because you're crammed and you're going to try to push your neighbor out of the way?
0: Yeah. And there's all sorts of things like that that you can look into, but a few others that are really common is tail docking. So a lot of times pigs have their tails docked. They're castrated without anesthetic just because it impacts the flavor of the meat a little bit, which is really heartbreaking. And uh, yeah, so much more. It's just a very sad system. Okay. Here's one we hear all the time for people who are maybe curious about a veggie or vegan lifestyle. And they ask, or they say but I could never give up cheese. I'd love to go vegan, but I just can never give up cheese.
1: Well, there are so many plant-based products on the market and there are more coming, I feel like every single day. And cheese is something that I've been seeing improving over the years and is pretty close. Right now, my current favorites are Miyoko's cheese. Those cheese rounds are really good, but she also just created a block of cheese. And then also the chow cheese and bio life. Both of those are excellent options. If you are having trouble giving up cheese, I would recommend trying those. But if cheese is stopping you, I would say, try giving up everything else first, you know, give up your dairy milk, give up your sour cream and any, any other animal products. And you can slowly over time, give up the cheese. And if you really, really can't, it's better than doing nothing.
0: Yeah. And it's really interesting seeing how the answer to this question has evolved over the decade plus. In the beginning, when we were asked this, Tony, you really did have to help people understand how to give up cheese because that was your option. You didn't have other options. But today, like it can be as simple as, oh, don't worry, you don't have to give up cheese. I love cheese. I eat cheese almost every single day. There's so many options out there that are just plant-based instead of animal-based that taste almost the same.
1: Yes, I am very grateful for the advances.
0: (sighs) in in blood-based cheeses. Thank you, cheese companies.
1: Michelle, what about plants? Don't they have
0: feelings? (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if you're being serious or if you're joking with that question, but in case you're serious, plants don't have brains. They don't have a central nervous system. They can't feel and experience pain in the way that animals can. And so... so you can feel okay eating them. But if you really are standing up for the emotional well-being of plants, (laughs) then you'll probably also want to eat vegan. Because if you think about it, think about how many plants we have to feed to animals to grow the animals to then eat the animals or their milk or dairy or other dairy products. We're using far more plants to feed a Omnivore or someone who eats a lot of meat than we are to feed vegans. So by eating vegan, you'll eat fewer plants anyway, or you'll cause, yeah. I've
1: never heard that. I've never heard of the, the second part that you said where if you really care about plants, plants feel <laughs> then you'll really want to eat vegan. I think that is so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm hoping that no one like really pushes you to that point, but you know, some people really might. And I'm all about supporting people who care about not harming plants as well. So yeah, <laughs> it's a win-win all around.
1: That is a good answer, Michelle. Thank you for
0: making <laughs> So Tony, what is wrong with milk? I don't get it. Don't cows need to be milked?
1: I thought that too. And it was actually the big reason that I became vegan is when I learned this information that cows actually produce milk to feed their babies like humans. They're pregnant for nine months, just like a human mama. And that that milk production is to feed their babies. And uh, what happens instead is that the babies are taken away and the milk is used to feed humans instead. And that just makes me so incredibly sad. And I would never wish that on any mother. And I've heard some people elaborate on that question a little bit saying, well, the baby only needs a little bit of milk and we could drink the rest. Like milk's produced so much milk, but have you seen a cow? I've, I've seen cows that grow from little calves to big cows and they need that mama's milk. They need, they, they're, They're growing to be so big. Some of the Holstein cows are 2,500 pounds and they really need that milk to grow.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, it is almost never the case where the babies are left with their mom. So even if there was a way to leave your baby with the mom and take some extra milk, which maybe you could do if you have backyard cows or something like that, that's not what's generally happening. If you're buying milk from the store, the baby's been taken away from the mom's. And then also when you think about it, a lot of times if the cows are overproducing in a big way, it's because of things like hormones that they're being fed in these industries or because they've been bred to produce so much milk that their udders are gonna explode. All of these things that cause other levels of suffering for these animals along the way, which is just really sad.
1: All right. In nature, animals eat other animals. So isn't it
0: natural for us
1: to do so as well?
0: I totally understand where you're coming from with that question. But consider that there's nothing natural about today's factory farms. Very few of us, I don't actually know anyone in my life who goes out and forages and hunts for their food in the way that nature would have been potentially intended. Today's food comes from factory farms that are so far from natural. And if any one of us stepped foot into those situations, I'm sure we would be horrified horrified and want no part of it. So if you want to be eating close to nature and the way that nature intended, go start a garden in your backyard, grow some produce, pick things out of the ground. That is a beautiful natural way to eat.
1: But if we're not eating animals, isn't the world going to be overrun with animals?
0: The reality is that these animals aren't existing and living free lives that we just then take and eat. We are breeding these animals, a lot of times manually inseminating them, a human manually inseminating an animal in order to produce more animals, to feed more people, to create more meat, to produce more milk, all of the things. So these are animals that exist in these factory farm situations or intensive farming situations that we have created just to kill them. And so if we stop stop eating meat, if the demand for meat and dairy goes down, we will stop breeding so many animals, stop bringing animals into a life of pure suffering before the end. And um, a lot of suffering will be reduced in the world. But I am an athlete. Can I still be vegan?
1: Yes. There are so many athletes. There's actually a whole documentary called Game Changers. That I highly recommend you watch. It's on Netflix and it highlights how many athletes have been thriving on a plant-based diet, how they're not only maintaining their athletic performance and muscle mass and everything else, whatever their goals are, but they're actually enhancing. And that's amazing. I know that as someone who's been vegan for a while, I have gone into many athletic endeavors, like running a marathon. I ran a marathon. And my husband ran a marathon and Michelle has run a marathon all while eating plants. So it can be done. You won't be suffering and you'll there's a chance that you'll even improve on your, your running time.
0: I will say you might be suffering. I ran an ultra marathon spontaneously without training, which was 46 and a half miles in one day. <laughs> and the most I had run before that was, I think, like five or six miles. And I was suffering at the end of it. But we raised lots of money for animals. So. <laughs> Michelle, do you miss meat? I actually don't miss meat. There are so many foods available to me, including plant-based meats that taste almost identical that I really don't miss anything, pretty much anything that I could eat before. Ice cream, cheese, yogurt, lasagna, even fettuccine alfredo, like the one that we have a recipe for in the Friendly Vegan Cookbook. I can get it all made vegan. But I've been vegetarian since I was eight years old, so I may not be the best reflection to answer that question. So Tony, do you miss meat? I
1: am satisfied with many of the plant-based options on the market. I think that the Beyond Burger is great for burgers. And when I go get it at uh, Burger King or Carl's Jr., it tastes good to me. But there are things like bacon that I still do miss and I know that that's a big a big concern for people bacon though with that said I I may be a lone wolf on this in this plant-based world <laughs> that we're in but I feel like I'm really really excited about some of the options that are going to be available when cultivated meat or cultured meat or clean meat, whatever you call it is uh, is available and, and I can I can eat bacon without having any animal suffer.
0: So for, for those who don't know, cultured meat or cell grown is basically meat that is grown in a lab from the cells of animals. So you don't actually have to slaughter animals, kill animals, really they're not involved in the situation at all. And you get the same end product of meat. So there's a lot of people working really, really hard on this and hopefully it will come to life in a way that's accessible to all sooner than later. Um, but Tony, would you, would you eat cultured meat?
1: I have eaten cultured meat. Wow. It was interesting. It was interesting. Uh, but I want to really quickly, before I dive into that, I want to talk about the Hampton Creek commercial, or I guess they're called Just, Just commercial. Just does the mayo and the eggs, the Just eggs. And they have a commercial. Better plant-based. Yes they have a commercial where they have a chicken walking around and everyone's at this picnic table eating chicken nuggets and they got the cells for their chicken nuggets from the chicken who's walking around and they just kind of scraped his leg, got some cells off and, uh, and, and the process is like, it's not invasive. And, uh, and I just think that that is so cool that you can hang out with your chicken companion and still eat
0: chicken nuggets. For those listening, some other really cool things about cultured meat before you're like, Oh, I don't know if I'd try that. The, the beautiful thing is it is a lot cleaner, oftentimes called clean meat. Cause you don't need the antibiotics. They're not, this isn't meat that was pooping and in all sorts of exposed to all sorts of disease and toxins and eating their whole life pesticide grains and stuff like that so you can get a much cleaner product at the end of it
1: and you can read my husband's book shameless plug called clean meat if you have any questions or want to know more about that space he wrote a whole book about it uh, but my experience was really interesting I thought that I would never and I I just felt like that was gross and I didn't need it but when I found out it was bacon I was like Mm, I I want that, <laughs> and it was good. The texture. Okay, so it was mostly plant based, but with pork fat cells. And so the problem with plant based bacon is that it's not soft in some spots in the way that it's fatty and normal bacon and like animal based bacon. And with this, it was crispy with the plant based stuff, and then soft with the cultured self and the consistency was definitely there.
0: Cool. Well, yes, it's an exciting time and I really hope we get to a point where everyone at least has the choice because if you can take animals out of the equation, yes, it's still going to be not good for your health, but you can choose to eat the same things that you ate growing up and not be causing harm and suffering to others and I know a lot of people in my life would choose that over meat that causes harm to animals. Why not? So yay. Okay, but that was a little bit of a tangent. Jumping back in, Tony, why help animals when so many humans need help?
1: The cool thing is that you don't have to choose one thing to care about. You can help humans and you can help animals. And some would even say that helping animals is helping humans. I know that for me and my work, I get to do both. I get to help humans recover from diet-related health issues, and also spare animals, which makes me feel really extra good. But there have been people, Michelle was actually just talking about how she watched a video from Ivana Lynch, explaining it more in depth about specific people who have made a dramatic impact and who had multiple causes they cared about.
0: Yeah. People who were like very, very significant figures in fighting slavery, who also started major societies for prevention of cruelty to animals and things like that so just because you care about one thing doesn't mean you shouldn't care about other things or that you don't have the capacity and in fact this is where like intersectionality is becoming so important if we only stay focused on the causes that are nearest and dearest to our hearts or that impact us in some way and completely say i don't have the mental energy or space to to do anything else for any of these other causes out there we can be making it much harder for progress to happen. So if there's ways in your life where you can benefit multiple issues or do more than one thing, do it. Don't hold yourself back. <laughs> cool. So those are all the questions that we wanted to ask in this in this little show. But let us know, you guys, do you want to hear more? I mean, there is infinity questions out there and we can always come to you. If you have questions you want us to answer, you can either message us directly or you can always go and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and we read those. So we'll pull questions out of there or if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Also for anyone who wants... More of this question answer stuff. I've got a lot of resources on worldofvegan.com where we answer these both in video format. We bring on Colleen Patrick Goudreau and other experts to share nice bite sized answers to the common questions. We have a whole veg answer series and it's also in written format. So if you learn better seeing things visually, then we will link that all in the show notes at plantpoweredpodcast.com.
1: And if you haven't already, please pick up our book. We're so proud of it. And we think it would would really be perfect in your kitchen. (laughs) And if you have purchased it, leaving a review would be incredibly helpful and we'd be very grateful.
0: Yeah, if anyone in your life does have these questions about plant-based living or vegan living, chances are they're a little bit curious. That's probably why they're asking. And we created the Friendly Vegan Cookbook to be the ultimate resource, to be non judgmental, friendly, warm, have delicious recipes that everyone's going to love no matter their food preferences, even if they're meat and potatoes people. So it's a great gift to give as well. So thank you guys all for the support. Thanks for listening, for thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Plant Powered People Podcasts. Until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.